your meal.
let me Hey everybody, hope everybody's doing well on YouTube, I'm just, I'm getting ready to get live, started live in a minute with my guest. Hey everybody, welcome to WC to Life Podcast. Um, I am waiting on my host, um, Stephanie, and we're going to get started in just a minute. Um, I'm glad that you guys are back. I am live with another episode. I haven't gone live since last week. Last week I was on another platform, you guys, but I want to make sure that I give um, my live air on Podbean my fully attention. So um, we're going to get started in just a minute. I just want to make sure that um, the thunder and everything is clear and I hope you guys can hear me. Um, and Stephanie, what I'm going to have you to do is to call in. So what you'll do, Stephanie, um, is call in as a host and it should let you call in. Um, and so... I know that some people are very new to this, and so my guest is kind of new to this, you guys. So um, we're going to get started in just a minute, but I'm so happy to be back on here with you guys Ooh, with WC to Life Podcast. So happy to be here. Hope everybody's having a great day. And we're going to get started in just a minute. Y'all, y'all probably saying, what kind of music is Karen um, playing? (laughs) 
my guest has arrived. Stephanie, let me know if you can hear me. I can. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Hello? Can you hear me? Can you hear me, Stephanie? It tastes absolutely fantastic. I can. Can you hear me? I can. I can hear you. Great. Wonderful. So I just realized that I had to turn my mic off in order enough to hear you. So now I'm not on my mic, but that's okay. I'm using my webcam. So you guys, we have Stephanie Shields here with us. And again, your host is Karen Oliver with WC to Life Podcast and... Um, I met Stephanie through a friend, and um, we was actually on a panel together, and we had a great time the whole weekend, and um, just talking to her and finding more out about her, and she had agreed to come and interview with me. She is a single mother like I am, and she want to talk. We're going to talk to her today about how to balance it all as a single mother, how to get through the ups and downs, being a mentor, being an entrepreneur, you name it. And so I am going to turn it over to Stephanie. Thank you. I'm just really excited and blessed to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yay! <laughs> You're welcome. So I guess just to kind of give a little bit before we get started of, of what I do and, and who I am, um, I'm from the Pacific Northwest, from the Seattle area. I am a published author. I'm in the process of writing some new books. Um, I just started a blog called XOXO, Your Favorite Redhead. I am a single boy mom. I have a 12-year-old son who is, man, is he a handful, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> he definitely knows his own mind and his own desires of his heart. So he is growing me daily. Um, I also own three businesses. Um, my latest venture right now, I am in the process of opening my own office in the next year. Awesome. I'm in the financial services field. So I help families make and save more money. So I'm really, awesome. really excited about that. Yeah, so lots of big things on the horizon. Yay! Awesome. That is like, woo, you're booming, girlfriend. <laughs> I'm try listen, I am trying, okay? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that is wonderful. Thank you so much for your introduction. So let's talk about you know, you you have a son. Um, I have a daughter, she's 13. I actually want want more kids. Uh God knows that's my request, and so I'm just waiting on his time. But let's talk about the um single mother aspect um of it first. So when you became a single mother and when you became a single mother, did you realize or did you find your purpose and what you wanted to do in life? Um, how how were your thoughts and feelings as you became a single mother and how did you kind of push through that? Um, so I've been a single mother since he was about a year and a half old. Okay. Um, my son's dad and I had a very volatile breakup. It was not pretty by any means. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll, I'll be honest, like, I was not the most gracious person. I was petty. And, you know, I was, I had a lot of unresolved anger. Like, I was not happy with the way things turned out. Um, but 
I have also grew so much in that process, right? And, and yeah. just, it really pulled me into what kind of person do I want to be? Like, because prior to that, I was not a petty person. I was not, and I mean, I had, you know, unresolved issues from my own childhood, but right. when I got pregnant, I was just like, I don't want to be an angry person. Like, I don't want to raise my kid to be an angry person or in an angry environment. And we had very specific things Mm-hmm. that we wanted for our son as parents. And yeah. even after he left, I was like, you know what? I'm going to continue raising him to be the man that we desired him to be. Yeah. Um, and it really, you know, in the process of all this, you know, I got, I rededicated my life to God. I got ordained. Um, and yeah. I really did just start living a life poured out, you know, and doing the best to pour out of my son. And, I've raised an incredible human being, which was what our plan was. And in the process, the parenting relationship is healed. So I'm the type of person, like, I don't go back. There are no second chances with me. You know, <laughs> and, I, and I know that that may not sound biblical, but I'm just the type of person, like, if we were in a relationship and it didn't work out, like, that's your one chance, homie. Like, there's no second offers, you know? <laughs> And and that's just how it is for me. But what we have done moving forward is built a very healthy co-parenting relationship. And to me, that was very important is that we had a working, healthy co-parenting relationship. We don't always see eye to eye. We don't, you know, it's taken a lot of humility and compromising on both of our parts. And it took a long time to get there because everything was not kosher the first five years uh, of us being sing, you know, of me being a single parent and yeah. having to rely on myself full time because yeah. that's not what I signed up for. You know, I signed up for a relationship and doing this thing together and and not co-parenting, right? And right. obviously, knowing, looking back, God had different plans for me mm-hmm. and different plans for us as parents. But now we have a very good, healthy working relationship. And his current girlfriend, they've been together for several years. And um, she is so great. She loves my son so much. That's awesome. And yeah, it's been a blessing. But the first the first few years were not like that. And it was it was not pretty. But, you know, I maintained after that first year, I was like, you know what? This is not the person I want to be. This is not the person I want my son to see. And this is not the kind of human being that I would want to raise. And I really had to stick to my guns the first several years and be like, all right, this conversation is not about our, ch- our child, so I'm going to have to cut you off at this time. And when you're ready to have the conversation about our kid, let me know. Until then, deuces. You know what I mean? And <laughs> Correct. I, I had to keep it very professional for several years. Like, there was a point in time when we were <laughs> communicating strictly through email because I could not have a conversation with him over the phone that did not divulge and, uh, wow. into other, other areas and territories. And I had to be very, very intentional about how I wanted the conversations to go. And the minute that I divulged from that period, I was like, all right, good talking to you. We'll have to resume this later. Wow. Wow. And you know what? Um, That's so, that's so true. It can be difficult at first because I had went through um, something similar like that before, but, um, and it it gets tough. It gets tough. um, But as you grow and as you come to a resolution, as you come to agreement, it's like, okay, this is about 
um, our child. And so you want to look at him, you know, and you want him to grow up to be the best man that he can be and see that, you know, that we can get along. So, I mean, I think that you did the right thing by saying, okay, when you're ready and then, you know, we can, you know, come to an agreement. So, yeah, that's definitely yeah. good. Yeah. So when you, when, when, when everything got to a peaceful place, um, as far as, you know, raising your son or whatnot, when did you tap into your purpose and, and kind of find your niche and realize what you needed to do moving forward? Um, so I actually went through a period of time after my son's father, where I was single for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, I was very careful about the kind of people that I wanted in my life. Um, you know, I, I got a little wild in my mid twenties and, um, I just wasn't interested in the things that was out there. You know, we, we were going to the club when we didn't have our kids and, uh -huh. um, it was like this cycle of exhaustion, right? And then going back to momming and then this cycle of exhaustion. And I just didn't, I didn't want to do it anymore. Um, I was going to church with my parents at the time um, because growing up, my, my grandmother was my, my pastor. Uh -huh. And um, I went through the, you know, after my grandmother died, you know, I started going to church and that um, because a friend of mine died in high school and, you know, I still wasn't getting the fulfillment that I was looking for in or out of the church, really. And um, so in my mid-20s, like, my parents wanted to start going to this local church um, that my grandmother had gone to when she wasn't preaching. And so my parents were very particular about where they wanted to go. And um, I just really, I started paying attention, you know. And I think that as adults, there's a period of time where we go from believing in God because our parents told us it's the right thing to do to having to make that decision for ourselves. And exactly. When I started learning to hear from God for myself, I think is when things really started to change. I was probably about 26 years old. Um, my son was two and a half, three years old. Um, and I just, I went through an, a horrific breakup. It was worse than his, with his dad. It was very unhealthy. It was a very unhealthy relationship to begin with. Uh -huh. um, and I just, I wanted more. I wanted more of God, you know, and there was a word that came across the pulpit um, that spring, early summer. And it's so funny because whenever I would go on dates and stuff, like I would tell them like, listen, like I'm a nice girl. Like I believe in fairy tales. Don't break it. You know? <laughs> And right. my sister would tell people that too, like growing up, like she believes in fairy tales, like she is a good girl, like stay away from her. And so she would like warn men off me. She told my son's dad the same thing, like, don't break it. She believes in fairy tales. And if you break it, I'm going to break your face. You know? <laughs> and just, it was funny because the word that came, I had been praying and praying and praying. I was in a dark place. Like I was on antidepressants. I was, you know, going through this intense depression. I was hiding from my family other than going to church on Sundays. Like I wasn't talking really to anyone. And um, yeah. it was a dark period for me. I was, I was going through a lot. And um, I just wanted, I still, that, that need and that push for more was there. Right. I'd lost my job. I'd recently gotten a new job. 
Um, I had to take a, a huge step down, but it was an increase in pay. And so it was like, is the pay worth it to have less responsibility? Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, because I'm really was, I was really fulfilled, even though I wasn't making much money in being a coach. Right. Um, and I started kind of this journey of learning to be a leader after I got, became a single mother, because it put me in a role, um, just to kind of back up a little bit, it put me in a role um, financially to have to make more money. And I got promoted really fast. And I, I discovered a love of coaching, um, teaching people that I didn't know that I was good at, but I was really, really good at it. And so, uh, fast forward, I went through this relationship with this man that I met at work. And usually I would not do that. Like I know adamantly was taught you to not do certain things in dating. And I knew better. And I was just, I did it anyways. And it was mm-hmm. not good. Um, I lost my job because of it. And I got a new job and was in this new place. And I was making more money. But I wasn't the same level of fulfillment because I was not walking in purpose any longer. Right. I was working wow. at home, so I wasn't around people um, as much anymore, um, which for me being an extrovert was very difficult. Um, I was no longer in a position of coaching. Right. So it was it was a it was a weird place. Um, and in the process of all this, the man of God came across the pulpit. He was a missionary back home in our church and he was speaking that day and it was so weird because he said something so specific that I kind of almost fell out of my seat. He <laughs> said <laughs> and it, it couldn't have been anything but God, right? He said you have to pick up your bed and walk. Wow. And I was like, okay. And I'd never heard this story before, right? Even though I had been in grow up in church. And I was like, okay, that's that's what's up. Like pick up your bed and walk. Like I'm not some guy sitting on the side of a pool, but I got you. I I can see it. Like it's a stretch, but all right. And and then he said very specifically, God said, you can have the fairy tale now. Wow. But you have to pick up the bed and walk. Mm. I I fell out. I I, I almost fell out. I was like, Oh, and within, it was crazy because within, within a week, I asked him to leave and my whole life started changing. Um, I found out that summer my mom had cancer and she could have died. Um, But by the grace of God, they found it so early. They were able to do two emergency surgeries back to back. Um, and, and, And then after that, like I, by divine appointment, I don't know, I ended up in a completely different city. (laughs) It's so weird. Like, right. Like if you're not from the area, you don't really know the rivalry of the cities of Seattle and Tacoma, but people that are from Seattle, we don't go to Tacoma. Like it's like this unwritten rule, right. That you just don't go to Tacoma. And I moved to Tacoma. I don't know, you know, because I had joined this church and then never went back. And this is where this church was. And so by just by a fluke, I ended up moving to Tacoma. My dad was like, what are you doing? Like, we don't go to Tacoma. Like my car broke down. He had to take me to a dentist appointment. And he was like, we don't go to Tacoma. Like, what are you doing out here? I'm lost. (laughs) Bro, I don't even know. But I guess I'm going to have to call and reschedule my appointment. Like, it was crazy, right? And it's just like, all of a sudden, God started accelerating things like that, like boom, boom, boom. And um, within six months of me moving to this new city, 
uh, I was back before this pastor and he was like, you know, he's like, sis, like I went through another, you know, failed attempt at a relationship. It kind of broke my heart, but like, it wasn't really like a bad thing. It was just like this, this seeking, right? Like seeking of where am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to do? Like, I was always taught, like, you need a man, you need a man to be happy. And I was just, so I'm seeking this stuff like so heavily. And this was back in 2014. And so I go back to church early that year and, and within two to three months, um, we're sitting there and he ha- he gives out a call for ministry. And I'm looking around like, all right, that's that's what's up. Like, that's so cool, right? And I'm looking around like at the people raising their hands. And he says, he said very specifically, this is not just for people who feel they are called to be a minister, right? And I'm thinking, I'm too young for that. Like, whatever, he's not talking to me. Um, and he says, or people who find themselves ministering to other people and they don't know what to say. And I was like, oh. This is another one of those moments, isn't it, God? And I was like, so I, I tentatively rose my hand, raised my hand, and um, man, it was crazy after that. Like the acceleration that took place. Um, it, that was that was spring, early spring of 2014. Um, and then within within a year and a half, I went through such intense spiritual training that it was the equivalent of having a four year degree in ministry. Wow. Um, I got ordained in July of 2015. And it was just this roller coaster of learning, right? And just growing. And I went through these periods of joblessness, right? And and they had asked that summer, that first summer, um, could you trust God if he told you to quit your job? And people were like, nah, bro, like I can't do it. And I was sitting there and I was like, could I trust you if you asked me to quit my job? Like, do I trust you that heavily to provide for me? Wow. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to, you know, and it scared me and it kind of made my heart seize, but I was like, I trust you, God, right? Well, let me tell you, (laughs) do not tell God (laughs) that you trust him to do something. That's right. If you don't mean it. (laughs) So I went through these periods of trying to start a business and and not working out and working for another entrepreneur and and pouring into his business and pouring into the ministry and tithing. and, and, And I literally was going through this process of learning about tithing and learning about ministry and learning about the spirit and learning about intercession and just all of these things, right? And it's like everything I had done before was so, like my resume is all over the place. Like if you looked at my resume, you would just be like, sis, can you pick something and stick to it? (laughs) Right? Like, and I was just like, apparently not. And I finally just, um, in in this process, right? Like I was just like, all right, like I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm really going to try to do this thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And this was back in 2016 when I first started in the financial industry and my life just kept falling apart, right? My relationships falling apart, (laughs) my, my friendships falling apart, my, my jobs falling apart. And I was just like, Lord, what are you doing? And he just kept asking me, do you trust me? And I was like, oh, yes, God, I trust you. I trust you, God. But like, can you help us to stay out? Like, what are you doing? And um, (laughs) it was crazy, right? And so 
I ended up getting through the process. I got licensed. Um, I got through my first financial licensing back then. Awesome. And um, my car broke down. I was backdating that guy that I was told to leave in 2013. And I just lost everything again. Like I would go through these periods of breakups and I would lose everything. And I'm just like, oh, I'm tired of losing stuff, right? And so I was just like, man, my parents are, 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 are back living with me. Like they're freaking out because we need to pay rent. My mom broke her leg. And so she could not afford to pay the bills in order for me to do full-time ministry anymore. And my mom just came to me and she's like, you have got to do something because you're not making enough steady income. And now I'm going to be out of work for three months because I broke my leg. Right. And I was just like, oh my God. Okay. Like, Lord, I don't know what to do. And right, so I got this job. I prayed very specifically, Lord, I need something that I can work from home, right? I need to be able to be home in case my mom needs me. I need to be home in case my son needs me. I cannot afford daycare. I don't have a new car. Like, God, you got to bring through something. And so I ended up going through and working in the travel industry. I was in the travel industry for three years. Wow. As we all know, COVID crashed that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and so in the process of all this, I'm just like, you know, our company kept going, our company kept going. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I know that it is a matter of time before layoffs start. They're trying to stay afloat. They're doing everything they can, but it was like, it hit our company is specifically hard. Um, and I was just like, I know it's coming, God. Like, what do I do? Right. So I had a significant amount of savings saved up. Um, because I expected it, right? Like I saw it at the beginning of the year, like there were certain things that happened within our company and I was just like, okay, I see it. I'm, I'm praying. I'm staying prayerful. You know, I was listening. Um, and I was just like, all right, Lord, if I end up getting laid off, this is it. Like we, (laughs) we're going big or go home. Like there's no other options. And I just, I got to this point where I was like, all right, I don't think I'm supposed to work for somebody else. That's right. Like when I looked back and I looked back at my work history for the last 10 years, since my son was born, um, I have not been able to keep a job for longer than two to three years. And I was just like, but I faithfully tithed since 2014. When I learned about how tithing is effective, I have been a faithful tither. Yes, um, you know, it I've is. had periods when I fell off a little bit, but for the most part, like I've, I'm a faithful giver. Like that's one thing that my parents really instilled in me. They were not a tithing family, but we always gave, um, and we always were helping other people, and we had a culture of giving back in our home and our family. And so I was just like, all right, God, like I got, I got furloughed in May, and I was just like. This is what we're doing. So I had already been, um, I already had one business before COVID hit uh, uh-huh. that I had been working on. I, I, you know, was in the process of developing other people, um, you know, selling um, like keto coffee and stuff. And I, yeah. I really, really love the company that I work for, like they're a Christian-based company. They I are. Love what they stand for. I, I, I love it, right? Um and so I was, was super passionate about it. And my one goal with this company was to not pay for my products. So yes. after, um, well, I mean, and you know, because you're part of that same company, but yeah, um, when I went to convention um, in January, it was a stretch. Um, 
And at the time I was engaged and, and we had, you know, we're trying to save to get married and going through all this stuff. And like, we had discussed it. And he was like, I think it's important that you go. So we're gonna, we're gonna, we pressed for me to go. Um, and since I got home from that, my business has steadily month after month made enough to pay for my business, right? Awesome. To pay awesome. my business costs and to pay for the cost of my products, which is what I wanted. Um, and then to have a little leftover, right? So I was building a little, a little piece with that. And then I got the opportunity shortly after the stuff hit to join a lash business. And the magnetic lashes right now are huge, right? I I'm love like, them. Man. Right. I'm like obsessed. I love it. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I can cry at church and not look like Kiss. Like it's brilliant. Right? Like I'm so in love with it. And so I was like, okay, so we can get with that. Like that's pretty cool. Like, and so, you know, and my my ex fiance would pump me up, right? He's just like, You're so dope. He's like, you're a published author. He's like, you drink your own coffee, you wear your own lashes. He's like, what are you gonna do next? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> whatever what God wants me to do. <laughs> right. Like, what am I going to do next? And then I got furloughed and I was like, okay, God, this is it. Like, we're going back into finance because the travel industry has flopped. Let's okay. be honest. Um, I feel for those people because these travel agents out here are literally working for nothing. Correct. So I, you know, it's it's been heartbreaking to watch what some of them have gone through and the connections that I've made. But I was just like, all right, so that door is going to have to be closed for now. One thing I learned about in the process of being an entrepreneur is diversification, right? You cannot put all your eggs in one basket. And so that is one of the things that I really had to focus on, right, was multiple streams of income. Yes. Millionaires do not focus on single streams. No. They just do not. They get paid multiple ways. So I was like, all right, so we've got this copy business and it's doing what it needs to do. Super. Uh, we got this lash business and it's doing what it needs to do. Super. Like, I'll go back and revisit that in a little while. But right now, like, my focus primarily is just on the finance industry, right? Okay. And I am in the process of getting my, like, renewing my licenses that I that I let lapse. Awesome. Um, and then I will be fully licensed by the, by November. So... Basically, we just, we, we sit down with families and we help them get out of debt. We help them make it save more money. Like we do all kinds of different things based on where they are and where their dreams and goals are. And I am on a fast track program now to be, um, to own my own branch by next summer. Woo! Awesome. Which is, which is, is doable, but not easy. Right. <laughs> so I'm right. crazy busy and I just got a promotion and then I'm in the process of getting a second promotion. They've just announced um, to the leadership team in our office that I'm going to be the licensing specialist for our entire office. So yeah, <laughs> your girl's busy. <laughs> so. Gosh, that is awesome. That's awesome, Stephanie, because, you know, at the beginning of the year, you know, I just right. kept hearing multiple streams of income, multiple streams of income, multiple streams of yes. income. And I'm like, okay, so, you know, I had had, you know, people say, well, yeah, I see, see you as an entrepreneur. I was the one, I mean, I said this on my introduction of, of my podcast back in May. I was like, I am not the one to be trying mm -hmm. to run no business but, you know, God say never mm -hmm. say never. There are gifts and right. talents in our hands. And, you know, like you said, uh, we need to be our own boss. We don't need to be giving all, all. We need to be intaking all of our money 
and yeah. not having nobody else <laughs> take tax it out, even though we know we're going to have to, you know, have some taxes taken out. But God is saying, be your own boss, be your own entrepreneur. And I had been, I mean, I worked for a logistics supply chain company and uh, I've been there for um, going on five years and it's different and I love it. We do audits, we train all the sites and such and such. But, you know, God was like, that is not um, your permanent, that's not your permanent place. And, you know, I've yeah. always blogged, I've always taught. Um, and um, I was in ophthalmology before I got into quality. Um, and I was, you know, always uh, going through Ajacapio and, you know, was going to go to Duke down here in North Carolina. The lady kept calling me and this and this and that. And really, to be honest, in the beginning of 2020, it really didn't sink in to, I realized God was like, um, so you're not going to be, you know, doing ophthalmology either. So I was like, hmm, how can I still stay in the healthcare field? But I started, um, I was always, I was always speaking on Periscope um, since 2015 and, I, you know, started the group on Facebook, um, Women Fearfully Committed. And then I just started, you know, the spirit just led me to start um, looking up life coaching and, and health coaching. Um, and, you know, I started taking some classes, then I got started certified in life purpose coaching. And then, you know, I was like, you know, I want to learn how to, um, eat better. And a lot of people don't know that it's not, health coaching is not all about just the foods that we eat. It deals with the mind, body, and soul as well. And so, um, you know, that was something great to take, take upon. So I was like, okay, God, so this is where I'm stepping into. But like you said, to say all that, um, you know, he wants us to have multiple streams of income. He's saying, okay, you had gifts and talents. And I always say this too, what you're doing is not just for you, it's for somebody else. It's all for a purpose. So yes. if if me doing ophthalmology wasn't no purpose in if God didn't see no purpose in it, and I was like, okay, God, you, you have the final say. So if you're not saying that it's not a purpose in it, and then I can't do it. And, you know, I'm in um, class right now for um, health coaching now, and uh, I'm just finding out things even more, even to help myself and, and my family. So he does want us to have multiple streams of income, and I'm and I'm like you, okay. So you know, if there's something else that you want me to do, you know, next I'll do it. And I do believe that's where you know he's taking us, even in this season, to get all what we need to get. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely believe that. Um, I'm right now. I'm in a. Um, so the pastor that I'm now under, I'm not in that same church anymore. I've I've um, transitioned to a new church under where my mentor is at, and he's actually a business coach. And one of the things that we learn in our our um, internship that I'm in is one of the girls said that your current position is your investment for your freedom. Wow. Right. And I was just like, oh, girl, yes, <laughs> let's go nine to five being the investment. Right? But it was it was so true. Right. Because I would not be where I am. I would not know the things that I know. I wouldn't know my purpose had I not gone through working somebody else's dream had I not worked for somebody else you know That's right and I only reason I even found that job is because my son's dad decided he didn't want to be in a relationship anymore and I had to make more money in order to afford to live with my son right and I had no idea at that time how much that pain that I was going to 
was going to birth the purpose that I'm now living. And see, the thing that's so amazing about it is my son is watching this. Wow. He's a smart cookie. And he's <laughs> at the point where he's deciding, what do I want to do? Like, I'm 12. That's amazing. Like, I need to decide who I want to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, you know, he said for years that he's going to be a pastor. I'm going to be a pastor. I'm going to teach on the pulpit because that's what he saw mommy doing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. My son was there and watched me get ordained. My son was there and watched me preaching my heart out from the pulpit. My son has watched me go to other people's churches and preach. You know what I mean? He's seen me evangelizing and praying for people in the streets. He's seen me and yeah. heard me coaching people over the phone. So to him, it's it's that's normal. Ministry mm-hmm. to him is normal. Like that is his normal, you know, but now he's watching me work for myself. He's watching me say, okay, I can't do this today because I've, I've blocked time out for my son today. That's right. You know, he sees me blocking time out in the middle of the week to write. Like my, my family knows on Wednesdays, we don't knock on mom's door until she comes out of the office because she's writing. Uh-huh. And that's just what it is. Like that, that I'm in the process of building a fourth and fifth stream of income and I want to start getting paid for my thoughts, right? I That's want to right. start getting paid. You know, I'm trying to create a blog that produces money, not just, you know, obviously I want to put my voice out there, but I also want it to produce something, right? Because I, I have a family to feed too. Yes. And one thing that I've learned is you cannot pour out of an empty cup, which no. means I need my cup overflowing. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I need my cup <laughs> overflowing so that I can prov- so that I can be a blessing to other families, right? So that I can provide monetary assistance. You know, God Amen. has these dreams on my heart, and this is just just this is just the start. Like I've already yep. claimed, like I'm going to be a millionaire. Like I need to make one hundred and fifty thousand my first year out as an owner. I need yes. to make a quarter million dollars my second year out. You know. I, in the first five years of owning my business, I need to be at 500000 income a year. That's right. That's right. And that's, it's completely doable, but I have to put the work in. So my son is watching me write these affirmations down. He's watching me write the things that God is telling me and repeat them. He's watching me give God the glory, but he's also watching me put in the work. He he's watching me color block my schedule. Which let me tell you, mothers, <laughs> if you are doing more than one thing, if you are wearing more than one hat, you need to get yourself a planner and color block. Yes. Um, because, you know, and that's one thing that my mentor is teaching me is you are not just a mom. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You are a mom. You are a child of God. I'm sorry. You have a purpose. You have, you know, you, you own a business you are a coach, like you do all these different things and you have to prioritize them. That's right. You have to understand what comes first and what comes second, but you also have to make sure that you're giving equal focus to them in the manner that you need to give focus to them. That's right. I found that when I give my schedule to God first and I allow him to give me the importance of what needs to happen, that things fall into place naturally. Because I'll be honest with you, I am not an organized person. <laughs> I am a hot mess. Yeah, me too. Me too, Stephanie. Sometimes I'm like, I, I got like, to get it together. <laughs> but let me tell you, the more God has put on my plate, the more that I've, I've had to get focused. I've had to get serious because right. it's not just about me. Like you said, right? My son is watching me. Uh-huh. And before anything else, 
my son is my first ministry. I made a commitment as a mother when I had him while he was still in my womb that I was going to create an amazing human being. And I've never talked to my son like anything other than that. I've always talked to him from a point that you are a person, right? People are like, you don't, we didn't talk baby talk, you know, like yeah. we, we talk to him like a person. And, and because of that, he expects to be treated like a person. Like That's I'm right. not a kid. Don't talk to me like that. <laughs> you know, he, he would, as a four year old would go up to, uh, you know, walk into somebody else's church and he could pinpoint all of the leaders and he would go up and introduce himself and shake the pastor's hands. Forget all y'all. Y'all, that's not who I need to get to. I need to talk to this man right now. He's four and five years old. How you doing? My name's Brody. That's my mom. That's my pastor. And he made sure that those men knew who he was, even as a four and five-year-old. Right. Because he was raised to believe in the power that Christ has put in him. And no matter what I do, like, I have to stop sometimes. Like, my son watches me listen to, you know, personal development. When we're in the car, like, we're listening to audible books. We're, we're listening to, you know, the leaders in our companies talk about this. You know, he has an understanding of, of, the business, of the coffee business and what it means to get promoted. He has an understanding of my financial firm and what it takes for me to get from point A to point B to point C. You know, he has an understanding, right. and he's paying attention because he knows that someday he's going to be responsible for taking these businesses over. That's right. He knows how old he has to be to get licensed. Legacy. He knows what he has to do and mm-hmm. the legacy that he's going to receive, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And it's not, before it was like, mom, you're a weirdo. And now it's like, yeah, but weird people are rich. That's right. <laughs> That's right. If the non-believers can do it, why can't we do it? Exactly. <laughs> right. So I, everything I do, I, 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 you know, I have to tweak his thinking sometimes when he's been around people, you know, the wrong kind of people. We have to tweak that thinking a bit because he is 12, you know, and he's susceptible to the things that are around him. Um, But for the most part, like, he's watching what I do. And I think as a mother, like, it's very important, like, don't cut your kids out of that part of it. Include them. Yes. Because they're watching what you do, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. That's how we change the next generation. That's right. Is because we discuss the things that we're doing so that they can do it, right? If you look at David and Solomon, right? Like David had a desire to create God's temple and God said no. So Solomon had to take up that that desire and do it. There is a thing that happens legacy-wise when there is a desire on the parent, the child picks it up. Whatever you are producing, your children are going to produce. So I'm making sure that I am producing greatness because I want my son to be greater. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. You know, that is such a great testimony. And you're even um, you're even helping me, you know, um, as a mother, too, because even with um, it's good that you said that, that you want to get them, that you want to get your children involved, because when I started the podcast and not only that, I started a website and I just began to work, work. And now I got two websites and, um, you know, I was like, God, I didn't think. I could really imagine creating anything like this. And because I was just so strong-minded and tapped into what he wanted me to do, I made sure that, you know, I had a time a lot. Like you said, I made sure that I blocked time out for my goals. One, two, three. We have, there's some of us that have several goals. So I'm like, okay, I got to make sure I put time in that. But I want to make sure that I'm doing the things that I'm supposed to be doing as far as taking care of the house, 
um, making sure giving my daughter time and cooking for her, nurturing her, doing whatever, listening to her. When she comes in, I even had to catch myself sometimes, Stephanie, because I would be working and I got so excited where I would be working and she would say, well, mama, let me tell you this. And I was like, hold on, hold on. And then, you know, the spirit had to interject and be like, uh, when she needs attention um, and she needs to talk to you, 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 can't, you need to cut it off. And so I actually oh, no. even had to repent for that. And I'm like, okay, God, I had just got, you know, sidetracked. I had got strong. And she's like into the game thing now. And we had a uh, physical and uh, today and her doctor was talking to her and he told her, you know, I don't, I don't want you to stop having fun. He said, but I want you to limit your game time. He said, because I don't want your, your uh, mind and your brain to come unfocused when it's time to work and do the things that you need to do in life. He said, because sometimes that triggers okay. the mind. And I, I was just thankful to God that she was actually listening because sometimes your children have to even listen to other peers too. I do understand yeah. that as well. So I'm glad that she was listening to that. But um, I had them, her and her friends on my podcast in May. When I started my podcast in May, I did a teenage week and I had her and some of her friends over and, um, you know, when you said that, they kind of like tapped in because it's like, okay, she was like, oh yeah, mom. So you got in, you, you, you doing an interview tonight or you got something to do. And like, like you said, as your kids watch you, they begin to think, okay, so mom is getting this off the ground or doing this. What am I going to do? I'm in middle school. I'm in high school. I need to tap in now to what I want to do for the future. So like you said, it's whatever you do, they're going to mimic, they're going to mimic whatever you're doing. So um, yeah, I'm glad that you said that and and put that information out for everybody to listen. So even with huh, your multiple stream, with your multiple business and being a mental, being in ministry and being a single mom, is there a such thing as like you said, everything does have to be equal out. Um, but is there a such thing as um, making time for everything? Or do you just make sure you give time to, to everything? Because I've heard, I want to hear your perspective on it because I've heard somebody else say this. Um, he's actually a pastor. I was listening to someone and he said that there is no limit that he put on anything. He said because if he tried to make time for his something, like he said, for his business or his daughter or something like, like this, if he tell them, I'm going to give you this much time, he said somebody at the end of the day is not going to be happy. He was saying, so what he does is just make sure that he make time for everything that he has to do in life. So what are you, what is your perspective on that? So um, one thing I'll say first is that I'm very big on self-development. Um, and several years ago, I read a book called Eat That Frog, and it talks about eating the biggest frog first, right? Because frogs are gross and nobody wants to do that. <laughs> no. Um, and if you take care of the biggest thing, and that means take care of what is going to produce, be more income producing first, mm -hmm. then the other things will fall into place. But here's the trick. That to-do list that you have uh -huh. is never going to get done. Wow. And you have to learn to be okay with it. Mm -hmm. And you, which is why you get your income producing things done first. Wow. Okay. And I have always tried to focus my, my, I give 80% of my focus to things that are income producing. Now, having said that, I recognize as a minister 
that income cannot be more important than God. That's true. Because income is a resource, but God is the source. Yes. And that's yes. one thing that I'm really, that they're really, really pushing hard right now in our ministry is, um, in our prayer time and in our intercession time is the resource is great, but don't get so caught up like the business world is, right? Of these, these resource mentalities without it. recognizing who the source is. Because every good thing comes from God. Yes. And God told me that everything I am doing is to make sure that my son becomes who he's supposed to be. And I can't ever lose perspective of that. I love Having said that, one of the things that I really had to switch about my own parenting was um, I grew up with a lot of resentment towards my mom because I would see my mom putting out so much of herself to people outside of the family. And it's like she would come home and there was nothing left for us. And it made me really angry growing up, um, you know, because I was raised by a predominantly single mom. Like my, I had a stepdad in the home, but it wasn't the same. Um and one of the things that I really wanted to make sure as a mother that I did not do was make my son feel less than. And um, I have to say, I haven't always been great at that. You know, I'm not perfect by any means. My kid has his own issues um, that we have to work through and pray about and what have you, especially dealing with testosterone. Good Lord, before yeah. I have a girl. Um, I know they <laughs> joke about teenage girls going through hormonal changes. Yes. Let me tell you. Like, uh, as a woman, I feel like I'm equipped to deal with that. I have, was not ready for a boy. Like, he was so great up until we hit, like, 11. And then it was just like, <laughs> are you the Hulk? Like, who are you? Like, oh. anyways, I digress, right? I read another book a couple of, uh, back in 2016, that was passed around my office um, called Keep Your Love, Love On uh-huh. by Danny Silk. Um, who is a pastor from, um, who is branched off from Bethel. And the way he explains your circle is so powerful. And he breaks it down in a manner of how, how to give out what based on where people sit in your circle, right? And what was so profound to me is that God should always be the center. It doesn't matter if you're married. It doesn't matter if you have children. It doesn't matter. God should always be your center. That's right. And then how those circles branch out from there depends on where you are, right? So we all have, you know, people have best friends or whatever, right? But here's the thing. And then, you know, or you're, if you're married, your best friend is your, your husband or wife. And you have your children and you have your friends and then you have your acquaintances. And then you have people outside of that. And it breaks it down in such a thorough way of the level of love and resource that you give out to each of those circles. And one thing that was so profound to me is that you should not be giving so much out to your friends, acquaintances, etc., that there's nothing left to pour back into your immediate family. That's right. And I've also heard this sentiment repeated. Um, Sarah Jakes Roberts said something about this when she was preaching one time, that there were certain things that as a family, her dad only gave out to them mm-hmm. and that it was intentional. Wow. That there had to be something sacred reserved for his family. Yes. <clears throat> right. Mm-hmm. Now let's be honest. Like you are a church, a mega pastor of a church. You are, you know, on the level of producing other ministries. You are a, a, a 
you know, and, and for generations, right? Like he's not just like a, he's not new to the game. Like, let's be honest, like exactly. he's been in the game for, for, for years, yes. right? He yes. is literally the entrepreneur's church dream, right? He started in this little teeny tiny church and grew the, to this massive ministry and, and conglomerate of branding, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But he reserves something sacred for his family. And that's kind of where I'm trying, that's that's the focus that I'm trying to have because God has put these huge streams in my heart. He's put these multiple streams of incomes that are going to grow to multiple millions yes. and given me a, an end goal that is required for me to have those millions, right? And one of the things that I have to focus on is my son is at an age where if he's not hearing it from me, He's going to seek it from somewhere. That's right. And I want to make sure that I have control and not, not, not to say control, but that I have influence. Let me, let me correct that, that I have influence mm-hmm. over where he's getting his information from. Correct. Because I want to make sure that the influence that he's getting is going to produce fruit in him that is going to assist in his kingdom purpose. Yes. Right. And so that's making sure he's around men of God, making sure he's around successful men of God, right? Yes. Not just men of God, people that believe in God, but successful men of God. You know, that he is around successful people who are successful, not just in business, but also in the kingdom of God. That's and right. so that's kind of this transition that we're making right now because, you know, as preteens and teenagers, they're at the at the cusp of that rebellion stage. They're not they're no longer going to take mom and dad's word for it. They're going to take outside sources and start developing ideas based on the questions they're asking outside of us, which means who are they going to go to? They're going to go to the adults around them. They're going to go to exactly. teachers. Exactly. They're going to go to coaches. They're going to go to youth pastors and youth leaders. Mhm. Mhm. So For me, it's very important. Like, I don't allow my son to go into other people's homes. Because Mm. as a teenager, I had relationships with other people's parents. And looking back, they probably were not the wisest people for me to be asking questions from. So I want to make sure that I'm producing a place where my son brings his friends. Exactly. Exactly. Because I want... I want to know what the conversations number one being had are, but also I want to be able to pray about anything that shouldn't be taking place. Right. I want to create safe space, not just for him, but also for his friends. Yeah. Right. I want to create an atmosphere that's conducive for good things to take place, but also I don't know what takes place in those parents' homes. I don't know the conversations happening. I don't know the relationships that are being birthed in those places. That's right. So I'm very careful about who I allow him to be around. And and his his dad is aware that I feel this way, even though we don't always see eye to eye on spiritual things. He's right. aware of how I feel about certain things, right? So I'm making sure now that he, like, so my parents stopped making me go to church at 12. It was a choice for me. Oh, no, you're going to church. He's like, Mom, why do I have to go? Dude, you're going. Like, it's not up for discussion. And he's like, but no, there's no buts. You're going. Get ready, be dressed, put on some deodorant. We're leaving. That's it. You know what I mean? <laughs> but here's the thing. Just in him being around, being able to be back around people at church 
um, because we've kind of started opening up like small gatherings in the uh -huh. Pacific Northwest, mm -hmm. already mm -hmm. I can see a difference, right? Yeah. He's making friends with the new people and the new ministry. He's, you know, the, the home that we go to, they, they're actually the youth pastors of our church. And already there's a connection being born there that we've been praying for because I want him around godly, successful men. Because when he starts asking questions about God again, he's not just going to come to mom. Exactly. Mom's not a man. I can't answer man questions. That's you know? right. And I'm, sing I'm single again, right? So he doesn't even have, you know, a stepdad or someone to go to. And his dad is not in church, so he can't ask those questions of his dad. I mean, he probably will. But I need somebody that's going to reinforce the kingdom teaching. That's I need it. somebody around that's going to reinforce an entrepreneur perspective. I need someone who, around who's going to, you know, create those doorways of mm -hmm. you can do this or you can do that. That's right. And so I'm very intentional. Now it's like, okay, now that I'm single again, I'm not getting married. It just, you know, for whatever that, it, and it wasn't a bad breakup. Like it wasn't messy or anything like that. It just, it wasn't what God had for either of us in the moment. Uh -huh. And so now it's like, now it's like, okay, now we're single again, right? Now we're, we're juggling this, this, these businesses and these internships and these new projects and we're juggling momhood and we're juggling, you know, his social circle. Oh my goodness, girl, these teenagers and their social calendars. Like, yes. I swear he has more to do than I do. And I'm like, <laughs> bro, you're killing me. Like you have to tell me things ahead of time or it's not going to get done. So we're having, there's, and he understands like, okay, if I want to do something, I need to let mom know ahead of time and make sure it is written down on her schedule. And like, that's one thing he's had to adjust because he's a last minute person. And it's like, no, uh -huh. you cannot uh -huh. do things last minute. That's right. They need to be on the calendar, right? So now he's, he's starting to understand the importance of doing things ahead of time, but it's creating this, this, this new excellence in him. Right. And this is all new processes, again, that we're having to go through and re reevaluate. But here, the one thing that I've had to learn is I cannot be so rigid yeah. in my scheduling, which yeah. is hard when you have a lot going on. I would say it's very important to not be so rigid. It but is. again, also understanding not everything is going to get done. Some That's things true. are going to have to be pushed out or you're going to have to. One thing I've learned, too, is finding pockets of time to do things. All right, dude, we've got 15 minutes. Go take out the trash. I'm going to bust out the dishes. Let's get it done. And just making, you know, intentional pockets of time. I don't think other than uh, last week watching a movie or two, I have not watched TV in six to eight weeks. <laughs> really? And you know no. what, Stephanie, I'm glad that you said that because I was talking about that. Um, <laughs> I was talking about that um, on YouTube one day, how... I have not had much time for TV, and that's a good thing. <laughs> I am too busy. Or social right? media and at times. <laughs> no. And here's the thing, too, is he has to know when I have clients, too, because he can't just bust in my door. Yeah. That's another thing that we're working on. You cannot just bust in my door if I am, if I have, because everything because of COVID is being done on Zoom. Like, okay, mom's door is locked, or he'll stand at my door and he'll listen. Is she talking to someone or is she listening to something? Because uh -huh. if she's listening to something and she's not talking back, I can open the door. But if she's talking to somebody or the door, I have to lock my door. Or he's like, all right, the door's locked. Let me text her real quick. You know? So 
But yeah, no, you kind of convicted me to stopping and taking the time to listen. Because if we're not listening, you're right. Like they're gonna go talk to somebody else. Yeah, yeah, and, and that, hope that to is God so that who they're talking to. <laughs> and that's why it's so important to, like you said, it's so important to have a relationship. You know, with the creators, it's so important to have a relationship and be very prayerful about who you're. And we know that when they are growing, yeah. that you know, we know that. You know, like they say, like mom says, oh, well, when they become 12 and 13, their sins will come upon themselves. And so they have to learn, you know, right from wrong. And like I say, they learn from us. And that's why we have to teach them as we're being taught. You know, we have to teach yeah. them and, you know, we have to be prayerful about those things about, you know, well, you know, they'll say my friend, well, they they get to go over their house and they go over there all the time. And I'm like, OK, but I don't know that parent and I have not never met her or talked to her before and so I don't know who they may have around so you can't just get dropped off at the mall or you can't just go over there and spend a night over there because your other friends are spending the night because you don't I don't know them <laughs> and you don't right. know them so it's like right. even though they have allowing in mm-hmm. their home. yeah yeah so funny one of the owners i know she said she her kids are in their 20s now but she said she she picked her friend her kids friends and i was like i don't know that i want to be that controlling exactly we're definitely having intentional conversations about character and right. recognizing character exactly exactly so. because it's like they have to they're going to be grown one day <laughs> right yeah oh, yeah and we had to have a conversation the other day oh girl my heart stopped about co-ed sleepovers and I'm like why would you even think that it was okay for this little girl to ask me this when you know how we feel about this thing he's like mom I told her not to call you I said well then why did she call me he was like I don't know mom and so we had to have this whole conversation about boundary infringement and he's like mom I'm never gonna have friends I'm like yes you are he was like no mom because everybody does it I said well it's up to you then to be the influence to say this is not okay and they'll either respect it or they won't. He goes, well, they're not going to respect it. I said, well, if you say they aren't, they aren't. That's so now right. we're in this thing of, of learning that our words have power. I don't know if you've had to have that conversation yet, but we're in this, this season of learning about the fact that our words have power and to watch what you say. Yes, yes. I, we had, And you know what? I'm glad that you brought that up because that's something that I want to make sure that I reiterate to my daughter because I know we have talked about it and I was like if you speak something so seriously and so positive about something that you're not supposed to be speaking about you know that your words will come to life <laughs> right oh girl listen <laughs> yes they will I had a conversation with somebody one day about this particular author that I cannot stand and that she's so big right now in the PE world and I was just like I cannot stand this girl and her message and lo and behold somebody did one of those door dash drops and the woman's book was in the book thing and I was just like oh oh lord (sighs) (laughs) all right god they manifesting that no more and right and I had to and and again like and I use these as teachable moments to I've had I've slowed down some and started using these teachable moments to teach my my kid about them. And he just he, sometimes he thinks I'm crazy. And then he goes to church and he hears other people at church talking the way I talk. And he, he looks at me like the man of God last week prophesied over him. And he's looking at me like, what did you tell this guy about me? And I'm like, listen, I didn't tell the man nothing. 
<laughs> I'm like, okay. about you. And so now he's looking at this guy like, how do you know that? He's like, mom, how does he know that? I go, how do you think he knows that? He's like, God told him, huh? Right. <laughs> Bingo. As long as you know. As long as you know. Girl. As long as you know. Wow. <laughs> Wow. I think it's important that we give our kids credit for knowing the things they know, even when they don't give themselves credit for it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and that, you know what, it, that's, ama- that's amazing because it's like, you know, when you said that, it made me think of back, a, back to a time where, you know, I wasn't focusing correctly and I was out of order. I was doing some things out of order mm-hmm. and my daughter, um, called me out on it actually God reminded me like even when um I came to and you know I, I was talking to talking to God and everything and God said gave me a um vision to think back he said remember when she even called it out that you were acting out in order um she knows who you are and she she knows who I've called you to be and so therefore whatever you do um, she sees and she knows that it's not right. And um, I even brought it to her attention, you know, just thinking it back and laughing, laughing back on it. We were talking about it prop, like probably about three or four, four months ago. And I said, um, did you even notice that you were telling me to stop acting out of character and doing things that you know God didn't um, tell me to do at that time? And she was like, yeah, I remember I was saying that to you and everything. She said, but I knew it was right because I knew I know who you are. And I was just like, wow, God. So it's like he assured me that to, you know, even though sometimes we get out of line and we don't we don't do all what we're supposed to do. He said, but there's a time where there's a season where you wasn't so up and up on things. And he said, you just don't know that you have, you know, that very little one, which is your, you know, precious jewel, your your child that see they sees what's in you. They sees what you're doing and they can call you out on things even when you don't even realize and I was just like oh wow I was like thank you I said she didn't even realize that she was even tapping in and 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 speaking that to me and I was just like wow wow that's powerful yeah yeah my kid does that to me all the time we're having conversations recently about grace he's very (laughs) truth oriented and we're we're having to have conversations about grace because he's yeah, I mean, and as moms, we screw up, right? We're not perfect, but they're watching. That's right. And that's one thing, you know, my son has watched me go through broken relationship after broken relationship, and he's just at the point now where he's like, I'll believe it when I see it. I'm like, really? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, like, if you guys would have gotten married, great, but you're not, which means, all right, next. And I'm like, hey, okay, boy, for real? Um. <laughs> Okay. Like scratching my head, like, um, and he's like, Mom, it's fine. He's like, he was a nice guy and he treated you nice, but if God said no, he said no. And I'm like, who are wow. you? Wow. It's like, okay. Right. Like I'm over here heartbroken, like trying to push forward. And he's just like, whatever. I liked him. He was a nice man, but if God said no, then he's obviously who's coming is better. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> You better prophesy. Prophet, definitely, indeed. There, he, <laughs> look, he can speak through the children, and yeah, that's where like my my daughter said she was like, "Well, yeah, I I I knew that you would come to and and realize that something better is way better on the other side." And you know, sometimes we have to tap in and be like, 
oh yes and god yeah and sometimes we have to tap in and be like okay lord i know what you told me i know what you've spoken i know that your promises are yes and amen so i know if you if i'm needing to let this go and then you got something so much better and you know it's just like oh yeah because i didn't like that and then my daughter always say that because you know that's why i didn't like that person anyway Right. Like my son had a whole conversation with me one day about my, not the, not the man that I just got out of relationship with, but the man before that, um, who I was, I was back and forth with him for several years and, um, it just never worked out. And myself, I'm just like, I'm going to make it work. And like, God's like, no. (laughs) And my kid was like, I didn't even like him. And I was like, what? He was like, he was mean. I was like, what? (laughs) Why did you ever say that? He's like, well, because you liked him, but he made you cry a lot. And I was like, wow, Jesus. (laughs) All right, then. And I'm like, so and, you know, and we were talking about, um, you know, a few months back when I was still in a relationship. And I'm like, well, what do you think of him? He goes, he's nice. I'm like, do you like him? He was like, yeah. You know, and he was like, okay, you know, and again, he's in that period, right, of trying to decide who he wants to be. And he's like, I want to be just like him, like he was in construction and so my son's like I'm gonna be in construction and he's you know doing community work he's like I'm gonna do community work and I'm like okay and now he's like well maybe I don't want to do construction I'm like you don't and he was like no he goes maybe I mean I like playing in the dirt and stuff and it's cool and you know it might be kind of awesome to to drive the big tractors or whatever he goes but I mean if I don't have to I don't want to he goes if you're gonna be that rich I'm gonna be that rich too and I was like well, all right then. You better say that. All right. Yes, speak. Right. But it's like they're always they're always watching. And right. And and here's the thing. Like we think we're hard on ourselves. Sometimes our kids are going to be harder on us than mm-hmm. we are. But That's right. Our kids are also going to give us more grace than we give ourselves. Yes. Yes. Indeed. And sometimes I found that when I am when I am humble before my own kid, he is so graceful towards me right? And he's not that graceful with himself. So I've had to learn to reciprocate that. That's a big thing that I'm working on right now is being graceful towards my kid because he's graceful towards me. And he's always like, it's okay, mom. You know, and yeah. sometimes he'll come and he'll, he, he's like, mom, it's 10 o'clock. What are we eating for dinner? Oh, nobody cooked. No, nobody cooked, mom. <sighs> okay. But we got to get better at this. He's like, I know, but you didn't take anything out and I was outside playing. So what do you, what are we doing? I'm like, you got to get better at this. Right. So, you know, it's, it's a process, but one thing like, and I, and a lot of people, you know, may not agree with that level of parenting, but it's like, like you said, right. If they are old enough to understand and be responsible for their own sins, like I make sure one of the things I'm teaching my kid is how to be responsible and to be self independent yeah you know he might he's not a great cook but he can cook some eggs he knows how to make toast (laughs) he's learning to make bacon you know what I mean like yeah and and my parents are still in and my parents still live with me um they're in the process of of moving out of state but right now they still live with me and so like my dad is retired early so like my dad used to be a chef so my dad is teaching him to cook oh great so you know and it's been this process I'm going to be honest like I know a lot of people are hurting from the things that are going on, but I feel like the kingdom of God has increased. It has. This it definitely season has. of pandemic. And um, I know for our family, it has definitely added unto us. Yes. 
exponentially and not just financially, right? Not just in opportunities, but in, in the home, in the relationship aspect of our home. Yes. And, um, you know, my kid is learning to cook. He's, he's learning to, to handle different responsibilities. Um, you know, we're getting better and more intentional in the way that our household is run. We're getting better and more intentional in the process of prayer and, and taking communion at home and, and the process of having to do certain things that we would have done in the house of God, yeah. creating those altars at home. And again, you know, it's not always perfect. It's a fight sometimes to get him, That's you know, because he's going through hormonal changes in the flesh and it's oh, like, yes. you know, dealing with certain things. But for the most part, like, I've seen, especially in the last couple, last two to three months especially, that there has just been a shift taking place in our home. And part of that is because there's a huge shift taking place in me as a, as a person, yes. right? And it's, again, even those things that I'm learning outside, I'm learning to intentionally pour that oil back down in my home. And I think as an entrepreneur and as a single mother, the biggest thing that I've had to learn is my cups can't be empty. They have to pour back out. That's and true. when they talk about the oil pouring from Aaron's beard, mm -hmm. I may not have a beard <laughs> to say, <laughs> right? And I may be missing a, a spiritual priest in my home, which means until God provides that, it's up to me to do so. And I'm making sure that that oil is pouring out. Yes. And any and every aspect I can. And like I said, I'm not always perfect, but we're learning right now. We're in a season of learning grace for each other. And, you know, and, and the thing about it is too, is someday, you know, God is going to bring me a husband. And my son is adamantly praying for that. Amazingly enough has been for years. Wow. And, um, you know, and I think that's probably why it's so easy for him to say, okay, if he's not the one, he's not the one. What next? That's you know? it. That's it. Because he's praying for something too, right? Exactly. He's praying that I will find a husband, you know, and now he's transitioning to this idea like, mom, what are you going to do? Because I'm not going to be around forever. And I'm like, <laughs> listen, if you don't stop trying to make me old before my time, <laughs> you know, because, you know, we're in this generational thing. Like my grandfather is 85 and my parents are having to move down there to take care of him. And my mom's, my, my son is like, Mom, what, what's going to happen when you're 85? I'm like, hopefully you have a whole bunch of kids, bro. <laughs> because someone's going to have to take care of me. He was like, Mom. And he said something to me. He goes, are you going to go in a home? I'm like, no, we don't do that. He goes, well, then who's going to take care of you? I was like, you better hire me a cute nurse. And he was like, Mom, that's gross. He's like, what are you going to do with a cute nurse? I'm going to be old and I'm going to look my fill. He was like, that's disgusting. And I'm like, well, don't ask questions you don't want answers to, man. And he's, so now, you know, his brain is, he's, instead of looking backwards, right? My kid is such a futurist. Yeah. He's such a thing. He's so, he thinks so far forward, yes, right? Yeah. And I think it's important for us to cultivate those things, right? And I think that's the biggest thing for me in learning to, to seek my own purpose is also looking at my son as I'm learning and seeing the things that God has put in him and learning to cultivate those things in him. Yeah. Right. Learning to pray those things through in him because nothing that we do, like you said, is for us. But I That's think the right. first person that it's for is those children. Yes. You know, yes. One of the, the stories in the Bible that um, always had a huge profound effect on me was the story of Leah and her four boys, the first four mm. that were born. Mm. 
-hmm. And if you go back and you read the Hebrew meanings of their names, it, it's such a small passage, but it's so powerful, right? And if you think about it, Leah was the ugly sister. She had to be tricked yeah. into getting married. Like, yeah. Lord, please don't let me have to be a trick. Um, <laughs> and she just, she wanted to be loved so desperately, right? And God gave her four boys yeah. who were going to be the, you know, founding fathers of the of four tribes of Israel. And it's like, finally, it took four of them before she realized that God was answering her prayer every yes. single time. Yes. And that those boys were not for her husband. They were for her. Mm -hmm. God gives us our children for us. That's right. And so I think it's important. And that's one thing I've had to learn, right, is it's not about what I can do for someone else. It's about what I'm doing for what God's already given me. Exactly. Exactly. And so. that is, that, that's powerful. That is so powerful. And thank you for guys just sharing, um, you know, even your testimonies throughout, you know, being a single mother and, you know, talking about children and raising children, like you're raising your son to be as adamant about life and about business and about ministry. So that's a plus. And, you know, like you said about balancing, like you got to accept the fact that, you know, everything may not get done and you just got to be like, okay, whatever didn't get done today, I got to make sure that I get it done you know, tomorrow or at least by the end of the week. So thanks so much for um, sharing everything um, for everybody. And I know that everybody is definitely going to be, you know, blessed by, you know, just your life and uh, just your um, testimony about, you know, how you just kind of, you know, as women, we, you know, have to go through those challenges. Um, we have to go through those challenges to get, to success and um you know i'm just so thankful you know that we are even connected like you said in this pandemic um god is connecting us um together for a reason to inspire and encourage and even to collaborate mm -hmm. together and fellowship together yes. because you know it is definitely a purpose in it all and it's definitely a purpose in in everything so my last question um for you stephanie is what is something that you would tell um the single mothers um, out there today that's making it or that has not, um, yeah, I would say a young single, a young single mother. Mm. Turn your face to God. Mm -hmm. well, yeah. If you start with the, the right foundation, he's going to put everything into place the way it needs to be. Yes. Yes. Definitely, definitely a good encouragement because like you said earlier, he definitely has to be at the center because without him, I think we would go crazy and pull out our hair and everything. And um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it's like, and there were times where we wanted to do that and we didn't know where we were coming and going, mm. but because he's at the center, <laughs> because we accept the fact that, okay, this is where, this is what we're going to do. We're going to get through this together one step at a time. And that's how we're supposed to stay connected um, with helping each other and just with encouraging each other to just go forward in our goals and in our purpose and to go forward with that business plan and still raise our kids to know um, how to get through those things in life. So thank you so yes. much um, for 
coming on, taking time out today, out of your busy schedule, after <laughs> learning all the things and all the multiple streams <laughs> that you got going on, I know that um, you're busy. So thanks so much for taking this time out. And I definitely pray that God blesses you. And I, and I pray that this um, conversation, you guys, and fellowship really, really um, touch you guys. And also, please share share with someone. So thank you so much, Stephanie. We would also love to have you in the future again as well as your time permits. Absolutely. Thank you so much for this opportunity. It was such a blessing to me as well. All right. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Um, we will talk to you soon. Again, you guys heard it. Miss um, Stephanie Shields um, giving us the guidelines of a single mother, entrepreneur, mentor, ETC, you name it. And so you guys, thanks so much for tuning in. And um, everyone have a great night. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in on YouTube. I'm sorry I didn't tell you guys if you've tuned in on YouTube. Thank you so much for tuning in um, to WC to Life Podcast. We were um, on live air on Podbean. And um, please share this conversation um, with your followers. Um, you can also download the episode. I will upload um, this live interview as an episode since I do post new episodes on Thursdays, I will do a special edition and upload this for you guys who could not um, who could not um, get on live tonight. And so this was definitely um, a blessing to me as a single mother and just how Miss Stephanie um, just overcame, um, you know, went through different, you know, life events and raising her son and handling um, businesses and so we want to make sure that we are just putting the word the word out there and encouraging women to go forward that's what WC to life is all about and just thank you guys for tuning in and I will see you guys next week bye bye